0: Welcome to the podcast for Refuge City Church. We hope that the message today blesses you and inspires you to be a refuge that embraces others. Hey, Refugee City Church, this is Pastor David, and today I have Pastor Jim Weaver and Pastor Sherry Lane with me. We have a couple other podcasts that we wanted to make sure that you knew about. So Pastor Jimmy, can you tell us about the Foundation Stones podcast? Absolutely, so Foundation Stones is exactly how it sounds. We wanna put solid rock underneath our feet as Christians so that we can live in the contrary times that we live in with the assurance of our relationship with Jesus. And so every week we dive into a new teaching, Many times it's foundational in terms of salvation or the Ten Commandments or the fruit of the Spirit or the armor of God. And we're just putting those things into our library so that we can grow closer to Jesus. That's amazing. And Pastor Sherry, can you tell us about the She Is podcast?
1: I'd love to. We have so much fun diving into the Word, we pull out scripture. Very similar to Foundation Stones, and we, we just come together as a group of ladies and we discuss that and how it pertains to us today, but not taken away from the the genuineness of when it was originally written so that we can understand the Lord better and how we can walk uh, with Him and partner with Him today. So, it, And we have a lot of fun, so...
0: That's amazing. So Refuge City Church, we just want to let you know a couple other ways that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. That's what these tools of podcasts really are for. And so we're thankful for all that God is doing at Refuge City Church. If you want to find the She Is podcast or the Foundation Stones podcast, you can find them on Facebook, Apple, Pandora, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts are found. So we love you, Refuge City Church, and we hope you enjoyed today's sermon podcast.
2: Like if you would this morning to turn to Luke chapter one, be a very familiar portion of Scripture to many of you. It's a Scripture that is reflectant a lot of times in the incarnation of Christ, the birth of Christ. This morning I'm going to be tag teaming with someone very dear to me. You'll uh, you'll see that tag team in just a minute. I'm not preaching this all by myself, but but in prayer over the course of the last few months preparing for Mother's Day, I'm sure that in all of your years of probably coming to church and and even myself, that there's probably been a message on this particular individual at Mother's Day. But I, I honestly looked back and I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember in my files ever speaking about Mary on Mother's Day. Like I say, a lot of times she's spoken of, during Christmas the incarnation of Christ the birth of Christ but to be very honest with you there's a lot of things about the mother of our Lord and Savior that's very significant first of all she's extremely she's extremely holy and she's extremely favored and chosen but she's also she's also she was also just a mom she had worries and she had concerns and uh we know that she put Jesus in a pickle. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Put Jesus in a pickle with his first miracle. She thought it was about time he'd get to business. And I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You guys remember the story? It's about time that you step up, son. It's about, and he said, my time has not yet come. And it's amazing to me that I, I think it's interesting that we don't know if it was the Father in heaven's will or not, but because Mama said so, everybody. Sometimes when Mama says so, everybody. Can I hear an in? Amen. You get into alignment and things shift. We'll talk about that in a minute, but this morning, this morning we want to share a thought with you entitled, A Mother's Calling. A Mother's Calling. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting that might be, or this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I've often thought that that was extremely humble, Mary's humility being displayed there, because an angel An angel shows up to tell her that something great is on her and that she has been chosen by Father God to do something immense. And in verse 29, it says she was greatly troubled at the saying. It disturbed her. And I got a feeling she wasn't any different than many of you amazing women in here. You picked me? Are you sure you picked the right... Anybody ever had someone walk up to you and they were really special and they looked at you and they went like that or waved and pointed and you looked behind because you knew they couldn't be talking to you? Anybody ever had that experience? You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, they, they can't be. I got a feeling that this angel came down and, and began to speak to Mary and Jester Mary and, and in her humility and her misunderstanding of the moment, she's like, are you, are you sure you picked the right girl at this time? The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I don't think there could be a greater verse of Scripture ever written about anyone than that. How many of you know the greatest thing that could ever be said is that God found favor with you? Mm. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, Holy, the Son of God. This morning, as we dive in for just a few moments into the context of the life of Mary at the beginning and throughout her life, as she as she navigated a, a very hard life, we know that Mary, somewhere along the way, before even Jesus' first miracle, lost her husband Joseph. So she became a, a single mom raising a whole bunch of kids. We know that Jesus had brothers and sisters and and she worked hard. We know that she kept up with Jesus because every impactful, significant, powerful moment in Jesus' life, Mama never missed. She was at every T ball game. She was at every every powerful address, every moment in the background. Mary was there for a couple of reasons. Not only did she know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what she had given birth to was a miracle and was the Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but also, even though he was the Savior of the world, he was still her son. This morning, I'd like you to welcome my favorite daughter-in-law and only daughter-in-law, Nicole Boyd, as she comes to give you first and second point today, give her a hand. Good
1: morning. Well, we're going to skip down to Luke chapter one, verse 38, but I just want to say a special happy Mother's Day to my mama, Pam Davenport sitting here. Um, Your prayers, your intercession, your prophetic words over me over the years have shaped me into who I am. So thank you. Thank you for being a mom I want to imitate and be like. So um, point number one, (laughs) a mother called by God submits completely to God's will. And so I just want to read Luke um, 138, and it's the portion where Mary um uh, basically accepts God's charge. Um and it says, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary was only a teenager, um, and she was confronted with the challenge to be completely submitted to God's will. Um You know, as a teenager, I don't know if I would have been able to do that and to this extent, but she did it. Um, And when Gabriel gave her the angelic message that she was to carry the Christ, Mary was stunned. (laughs) The key phrase I am the Lord's servant, may it be. Mary never wavered from her complete submission to God's will. Um, Was she nervous? Certainly. (laughs) Was she unsure of her own abilities? Who wouldn't be? Was she anxious about the prophecy um, that foretold the part of her future that would include pain? Of course. (laughs) And I know um, when I first got pregnant with um, our first, Caleb, I was nervous. I was so anxious. (laughs) Like, what is labor going to be like? What is delivery going to be like? All the things new moms go through. And, um, you know, as the months went by and I was getting ready, you know, to welcome Caleb into the world, I thought, labor and delivery was going to be the hardest part of being a mom. And boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like Mary, I had no idea what to expect from being a mom. I had no idea what I was going to feel or you know, what labor and delivery was going to be like, but also after that, what was going to be, you know, what was it going to be like to have this little tiny human dependent on me, um, for everything. And you, you can ask all the questions of other moms. You can talk about it. You can hear stories, but you just don't know until you're there. And I remember, you know, when Caleb was finally born after 12 hours of labor, all of the pain, everything just faded away. And I began to cry, um, you know, with relief that he was finally here and joy that he was healthy and just hearing him cry for the first time and just holding him to my chest and thanking God. But I also had this overwhelming love and protectiveness come over me. And I'm sure every mom in here knows what that feels like that mama bear just comes and, you know, can't explain it. It just is a part of being a mom. And I was also overwhelmed though with this thought of, this is what it, God must feel like every time one of us is born into the world. And I, I just got this new perspective of God's love. And, and also, you know, not just when we're born physically into the world, but when we come into his kingdom, the celebration and the joy that he feels when we make a choice to follow him. Mary was like any parent in this room. We want the best for our kids. We want to protect them. We want to nurture them and love them and, and fully aware that life happens. It's not always pleasant. There are hard things we have to walk through. There are maybe decisions that they make that we don't agree with. Maybe um, they have a sickness or an illness that we have to fight through and, and trust God through those things. Um, so, when I was first when I first found out I was pregnant with Caleb, um, I was really excited. Uh, we had been trying for only a month, and so I was like, I didn't think it was gonna. I thought it was gonna take longer. <laughs> um, so I was a little bit surprised and like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. Um, so I was very excited. But when I saw that positive pregnancy test, I also was like, whoo okay, like there's a lot of responsibility that comes with this. And the weight of that kind of hit me. And so I was crying and I was excited. I was crying. And, um, but I was also going through a little bit of grief, to be honest. Um, I realized your life is about to change forever. It's never gonna be the same again. Um, and uh, I could no longer live for myself. Um, you know, up until that point, my husband and I had been married for three years and we were just having fun. We got to go out to dinner whenever we wanted and we got to go on trips if we wanted to. And, um, you know, all of that had to change. Um, every decision that we made was dependent on this new life and it was good, but it was also a lot of change. Um you know, I had to change what I was drinking when I, what I was eating. And I resented that sometimes because I love coffee and I couldn't drink as much coffee as I wanted to. <laughs> um, so sad face, but, um, <laughs> um, but, Mary was unlike a lot of parents in the world today in many ways. Um, Mary was, first of all, completely committed to God. She was committed, she was so committed to God, she had no room for commitment to anything else. And that made her a mother worth imitating. Mary was willing to submit her life to God's plan, no matter what it cost her. And being a mom, it costs you something, costs you everything, really. Cost you sometimes um, who you thought you were, costs you um, time, energy, exhaustion, tiredness. It costs you a lot, but it's all worth it. Obedience to the Lord's will meant Mary would be disgraced as an unwed mother. Um, surely she expected Joseph to divorce her or worse yet, he might've even chosen to stone her to death as the law permitted. Mary may not have considered the full extent of everything that she was taking on. Um, She may not have imagined the pain of watching her beloved child bear the weight of sin and die a terrible death on the cross. But surely she knew that her life would hold many sacrifices as the mother of Messiah being chosen by God for a high calling requires total submission and willingness to sacrifice everything out of love and devotion to one savior. Um, And you know, I we so we have to submit our lives to God, and, and I feel like uh, Mary she did that when she said yes to God, but she also had to probably do that throughout the rest of her life, just as many of us do. Um, and it wasn't till um, you know actually last year that I had to submit to God all over again. Um, so I wanted to read Colossians three twenty three and twenty four to you guys. You can turn there if you want. Um, And it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so we all know children are a blessing. They're an amazing blessing from God. And um, no one is put on this earth by accident. And maybe some of you today have heard that growing up. Maybe you were told that you were just an accident. I'm here today to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. Um, I 100% believe that everyone is put on this earth for a purpose and a plan and a destiny. Um, And while I believe that, um, last year I started to kind of resent being a mom, to be very honest. Um, I'm not proud of that. But, and don't get me wrong, I love my kids so much. I would die for them if I, if I had to. I would lay down my life for them. Um, but sometimes it's very hard living with toddlers. <laughs> um, and, you know, there was a season um, last year, probably about three or four months at the end of 2021, where I started to see my kids as a burden a lot of times. Um, sorry. Sorry. I began to see, um, being a housewife as a burden. Um, I was exhausted. I was so tired. Um, I was working probably, I don't know, 50 hours a week, um, trying to help make ends meet. I'm a ghostwriter, So I had four books that I was writing in tandem. Um, I was trying to keep up with the house. I was trying to keep up with the kids and I wasn't taking care of my spirit. I wasn't taking care of my soul. Um, And so I was pretty much just coasting coasting day by day trying to get through and I would lose my temper and I would lose my patience with my kids and that that hurt a lot. (laughs) So dealing with that burnout was exhausting. (laughs) And, but one day um, I was cleaning my daughter Callie's room and I was like, oh God, why can't they keep their rooms clean? Why, you know, every mom I'm sure goes through this. You know, I clean it up and five seconds later, it's a disaster again. Um, why can't they just keep all the toys in the toy box? You know, all the things. And God brought the scripture to my mind in Colossians. And he's like, who are you serving? And I was like, um, <laughs> I am resenting it right now. I'm, I don't want to serve. I don't want to, <laughs> to be very honest. And he brought the scripture to my mind and he's like, this is not just for ministry. Serving the Lord is not just in the church. It's not just in ministry. This is in our homes. This is for our kids. And I had to be reminded of that. And I was like, oh God, forgive me. You're so right. Like I've been treating this as a chore and it's not, this is a huge privilege for me. And so God really had to change my mindset and I'm not gonna say that it changed overnight, but he's bringing me back to that mindset of, I get to serve my kids every day. I get to minister to two people every day. Not everyone can say that. Um, but moms, you get to serve your families every single day. You get to minister to them. Um, you know, now we all have those times where God has to do a spiritual adjustment like he did on me. (laughs) Um, I had to go, you know, he had to play chiropractor basically and get me back in alignment. Um, and, you know, that was one of those times for me. And, and we're going to have those throughout our life. We're always going to have those times where we, we have to come back to God and say, God, like my mindset has been wrong. Forgive me. And that's okay. And He's right there to help us. And even though we go through those times, um, it's okay, you know, because guess what? No one is perfect. <laughs> and that brings me to point number two. A mother called by God does not have to be perfect, Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And despite the fact that Mary was the mother of Jesus, she was not perfect either. I mean, she forgot Jesus in Jerusalem, for goodness sake. Um, (laughs) I have not left my kids in a grocery store yet. I say yet, because they're both tornadoes. And so (laughs) I'm sure it'll happen, I don't know. Um, But you don't have to be perfect to be an amazing mom. Um, just as each child is placed on this earth for a purpose, um, there, there are no accidents. You were not chosen to be the mother of your children by accident. God placed them in your home for a reason. They need your wisdom. They need your prayers. They need your prophetic insight. They need you to mold and guide them through this life and bring them up in the ways of the Lord. And um, so we get to see an interesting interaction between Jesus and Mary when he performed his first miracle. Um, And Mary's conversation is the most unusual part, I think, of the water turned to wine story. And um, I'm going to kind of paraphrase here, but when Mary came to Jesus, she's like, baby, they have no more wine, like help us out. And Jesus said to Mary, woman, why do you involve me? It's not yet my time. Um, Two things. First, a word to children, don't try this at home. Don't say woman to your mom. That's probably not gonna go very well. Uh, (laughs) I know it wouldn't go well for me. (laughs) (laughs) Second, um, think of the awkwardness of the situation. Um, Mary's request and conversation with Jesus appears to be a little out of line with what he was prepared to do that day. And though Jesus performed the miracle, there's kind of this feeling um, that he did so in part to honor his mom. Um, and at first glance, it may look like Mary made, made a mistake or was being pushy, um, but I would like to humbly submit that God is moved first by honor and by faith. Um, the Bible even says that without faith, we can't. It's impossible to please Him. Um, what if a perceived mistake was actually a show of great faith? So I want to skip forward. Um, oh, in John five, nineteen and twenty. And this is after Jesus has already performed his first miracle. Um, But Jesus had done another miracle on the Sabbath. And this um, portion of scripture is after he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda and the Pharisees and the religious people were trying to catch him out and find a way that they could put him to death. And this is what Jesus says to them after that. Um, So he says, very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes. And he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. And I really wanted to focus on verse 19. Very truly. I tell you the son can do nothing by himself. So Jesus didn't do anything without first looking to father God and seeing what he was doing. Right? So imagine the water turned to wine scene again, I kind of imagine it going something like this. So Mary comes in and says, they're out of wine. Jesus looks up to heaven and he obviously doesn't see father God turning water into wine, right? And then he tells his mom, it doesn't concern me. It's not yet my time. But then Mary turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. Had you know, um, had Jesus been turning water into wine before? Like had he just been practicing at home and Mary saw him doing this? Like. How did she even know he could do that? (laughs) Um, But when Jesus turned back to heaven, did he suddenly see Father God turning water into wine? Had Mary's faith changed the course of what Jesus was supposed to do? Obviously the mandate changed because in the next verse, we see Jesus do his first miracle. And we may never know what Father God intended Jesus's first miracle to be, but we can know that God rewards honor first Jesus for his mama and is moved by faith and Mary's answer of do whatever he says. She had the faith that he could turn water into wine. So I don't know if this was a mistake on Mary's part or not. I'm not saying that I know for sure, but even through our mistakes, never forget that God turns things around for good. Um, so when when I was a new mom, um, Caleb had just been born and we had to stay in the hospital for three days, I think it was, um, just because they were trying to make sure his lungs were good. Um, But I remember that I started kind of getting, I started freaking out really on the inside um, when they're like, okay, you guys can go home. And I was like, you're really gonna let me just walk out of this hospital with this little baby and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) Because they, (laughs) yes. (laughs) <laughs> they scare you to death at the hospital. Um, I think, uh, because you know, like SIDS and crib death and don't let them sleep this way and don't put this in the crib and don't do this and don't do that. And I was kind of like, Oh, Jesus help me. Cause I was very anxious. Um, and you know, I was afraid that I would make a mistake that would ruin him or even cause his death. And for about three or four months after Caleb came home, I dealt with a lot of postpartum anxiety. Um, And just in the form of, you know, first of all, I feel like Satan was lying to me, um, trying to steal from me my rest because I felt like I couldn't go to sleep because what if he dies in the middle of the night and I'm asleep and it's my fault. And um, so I went through that and God really, Helped me through that, you know, and my my parents and my in laws—they were all there to support us and help us. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, but I have made many mistakes over the years. Um, Caleb's going to be five at the end of this month, and our daughter Callie is three and a half. And there have been many times where I've lost my patience and lost my temper. Um, we didn't get owner's manuals at the hospital, and <laughs> that would have been nice, right? <laughs> Um, and sometimes it feels like that pressure of being a parent just weighs down on you. Being a mom, it just weighs down. And sometimes I lose it. We lose it sometimes. Um, and I I realize that I can't love my kids without God's love first filling me. I can't do this without Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, and that's another thing that I had to find out last year when I went through that little stint of resentment, um, I wasn't allowing Holy Spirit to fill me in the way I needed. I wasn't allowing God to love me first so that I could love my kids. Um, I can't be the light my kids need without His wisdom and His patience filling me. Um, Like I said, I, I can't say for certain whether the story between Jesus and Mary was a mistake, um, but God used it to allow room for Jesus's first miracle. And some of you may be thinking the exact same way I did, you know, I don't want to do something to ruin my kids. What if I make a mistake that changes the course of their life and they walk away from God or all the things that run through our minds. But God is so much more powerful than our mistakes And we need to be submitted to him in prayer for our children. Even if they are grown and out of your house, it is never too late. And with that, I would like to invite Pastor Jim back. My most amazing, wonderful father-in-law in in the whole world.
2: (laughs) That was incredible. Mother mother's called when they submit to God. Mother's called even when they're not perfect. And the final point we have for you this morning is a mother called by God never gets to relinquish the title. There are no take backs. As I was reading this story and thinking about Mary and, and Nicole and I were working on this message, I began to look at the spots in Scripture where Mary's mentioned in reference to her son, Jesus. And I came to this point, a, Mary, a mother called by God never relinquishes the title no matter what your child's going through no matter what decisions they've made, no matter whether it's good, no matter whether it's bad, no matter whether it's negative or positive, a mother is a mother all the time. And I read a a spot, and, and you know it, The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion, I think, gave a really powerful depiction of it But I had never realized it in the context of what a mother would feel like, like I did when I watched the movie the first time. You see, Mary Mary could have possibly witnessed the praetorium and the whipping of the 39 stripes across her son. She definitely, without a doubt, was standing at the bottom of the cross until he took his very last breath. She watched her son, come into the world. And physically, she watched her son depart from this world. She didn't get to relinquish the title. She didn't get to change the outcome. And there was something significant that Jesus spoke, and and we see it throughout Scripture. He says it quite a bit to His disciples, but one of the first places that we see Him make this statement... It is not yet my time. My time is not yet come is at this very first miracle. He says, he says to Mary, mom, man, my, it isn't, father says it isn't time yet. And, and Nicole did such a phenomenal job of illustrating that and, and whatever shifted in the heavenlies for father to honor Mary and Mary to, to get Jesus launched into the destiny and the purpose that he was called to, all of that at that particular moment. I, I, wonder, I wonder how many times Jesus has said to Mary, my, my time is not yet come, my time is not yet come, my time has not yet come. We know that he began his ministry at 30. So I, I don't I want to speculate in any realm, but I got a feeling there was a point where he said that at one point and Mary turned to him and go, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> you keep saying this statement, what are you talking about? And, and we know this is scriptural. Now, this is scriptural that a lot of times when he would say that to the disciples, he would tell them what was going to happen to him and what was going to transpire. I must go to the cross. I must be a sacrifice for you. Then I will rise again on the third day. How many know that he said that? He said that to them over this. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. When I, when I realized about his mom and I realized that phrase was spoken to her as well, I wonder if at one point there was a time where he sat down with his mom and said, Mom, I just want you to know that there's a time coming and, and you're probably going to be here and you're going to know it where my time is going to have come. And this is what that means. I'm going to hang on a cross as a sacrifice for all mankind. I'm going to be the one and only sacrifice that everybody needs to get to Father, the Father in heaven. I'm going to have to give my life as a ransom, as an atonement for all mankind. And in John chapter 6, verse 25, we get something powerful. It says this, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. So there's three or four of them standing there. Jesus stopped. This is one of the phrases that Jesus was hung on the cross. He's bleeding profusely at this point. Crown of thorns are upon his head. And this is where I think the statement of what I just said to you comes into flourishing, Or, or this, this statement right here wouldn't make any sense. He wouldn't be just saying, Look at how your son's suffering. Look at how your son's bleeding. There was a point in which Jesus said this that was really powerful. He said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. So I think the first miracle and this moment are very cohesive and very connected. My time has not yet come. And now he says, Woman, behold your son. This is the fullness of that time. What you see, maybe, maybe what we talked about is now evident and is before you. Behold your son. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, of all the places. That I think she would have wanted to have been. And many of you may have experienced the loss of a child before your time. I, I can't even imagine your heart. I can't even imagine your hurt. But you can imagine this morning what Mary felt at that moment. As she was there in that beautiful moment. That private moment in a manger with just her and Joseph and, and a, few, a few barnyard animals gathered around in the middle of the night. She gives birth to the only begotten son of Father God. And angels are, are singing in the fields, in the shepherd's field, glory to God and the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And it's this wonderful, beautiful crescendoing moment. It's a moment that she's given birth to the Messiah that was promised in Isaiah that would come. Now she's also seeing the fulfillment of the prophecy of him hanging on that awful cross on Golgotha. What's amazing to me, mothers, and what I want to say to you this morning is no matter what happens to your children, the most important thing is you're there. You're always there. She was there. He's dying. And of all the people that he wanted to look down to, he's exposed. He's being mocked and jeered and made fun of. He's hanging on this cross and he looks down and he says, he says, behold your son. I believe Mary didn't stand stoically and passively by at the foot of the cross. I'm sure her heart was breaking. And if she was like any mother, I've got a strong feeling she was begging the God and Father of the heavens to do something and intervene. This was hell on earth for her. Mary was a little like the mother who sits up late at night, far past her bedtime, waiting for the door to creep open. Because they were supposed to be home and they're late. All the moms said, Amen. She was like the mother who said the silent, heartfelt prayer as she watched her child drive away from the house for the last time. You see, this morning, I I had never realized this before in my entire life Till the preparation of this. I knew that the cross cut deeply into Jesus' shoulder. I knew that the agony and the pain of the nails being pierced in his wrist and in his feet were were unlike anything we could imagine. But I had not realized that that same cross pierced the heart of Mary. She had to endure the love of her son being the sacrifice for everybody. And I got a feeling if she had the same emotions any mom would be, She's standing there watching her son die and she looks around and she goes, all right, where's all the people that were at the potluck? He fed 5,000, he fed 4,000. Where's all the people? Where's all the blinded eyes? Where's all the lame? Where's me and my, my sister, Mary Magdalene and John, we're the only ones that can be here in the darkest hour of my son's She was there. She was a mother from the beginning and she was a mother at the very end. A mother called by God never relinquishes the title. You'll find mothers like that in the halls of children's hospitals this morning. In funeral homes and counselors' offices. Mothers never relinquish the title even if the child is rebellious, harsh, and cruel. Her heart just won't allow it. Not when she's called by God. Not when she's called by God. When a woman becomes a mother, when a man becomes a father, there's an instantaneous realization that that the day will almost certainly come when pain dominates the picture. You see, the crosses are different for every family, but frankly, the crosses, they do come in our lives. There may be the cross of a divorce, an incurable sickness or disease, a death. There may be harsh words and unacceptable actions we wish we could take back, but we can't. There may be tough love and impossible sleepless nights. Through it all, mothers called by God never relinquish the title. They never relinquish the title. There's nothing like a mother's love. Can I hear an amen? Mary had a chance to see God's entire plan played out. I I think this is amazing. From the very second Jesus is conceived, the very second that he's born in that little manger in Bethlehem, as they flee to Egypt, as they come back to Nazareth, and Joseph teaches Jesus the family trade of being a carpenter all the way through. I I wonder if she kept up with Jesus' miracles. Ooh, he raised a little girl from the dead. That's my boy. Just think about it. She had to hear all the reports. Somebody ran up and goes, you will not believe this when your son last night in the middle of a storm walked on the Sea of Galilee. Yep, that's my boy right there. He's only just begun. Just get ready. All that pride that she would have then... And through it all, through everybody else running away, through everybody else hiding, through everybody else denying, even Peter, there was one person that never failed and never let go and never gave up. And it was Mary. She was called. She was called. She never relinquished the call. She never wavered. Mary had a chance to see God's entire plan played out. She suffered through the crucifixion. But you know know what I think is amazing? She got to be a part of the resurrection. So she had to watch her son die. She realized that his time had come. But then that morning... I told you he was coming back. I've been trying to tell everybody. Nobody listens to mama, but I'm telling you, he's coming back just like he said, and he's defeated death in the grave. He was exactly who he said he was. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Matter of fact, she's such a powerful mama. That some 49 or 50 days later, it's recorded. She's recorded as being in the upper room as one of the people that got filled with cloven tongues like as a fire. And she got her heavenly prayer language and the glory and the Holy Spirit descended upon her as well. She never relinquished her call. She was there through it all. What a gift from God to live long enough to see God's plan in action for her son and through her own life. I want to share this and then we're going to pray tonight or this morning. A little boy came up to his mother very boldly and handed her a piece of paper with some red writing on it. After his mother dried her hands on her apron, she turned to read it. For cutting the grass, $10. For cleaning up my room this week, $15. For going to the store for you for a gallon of milk, $10. Babysitting my little sister, $25. Taking out the garbage, $5. For getting a good report card, $50. For cleaning up and raking the yard, $20. Total owed by mother, $135. Mom shook her head. She didn't say a word. She just looked at him standing there expectantly with his little hand ready for his payment and the invoice and bill that had been given. She smiled and patted him on the head. She picked up the pen, turned the paper over and wrote, Nine months I carried you while you were inside me, no charge. The times I've sat with you, doctored you, and prayed for you when you were hurting and sick, no charge. For all the tears that you've caused through the years that you never saw me crying, no charge. For all the nights that were filled with dread and the worries I knew were ahead for you, no charge. And when you add it all up, the full cost of real love is no charge. When the young boy finished reading what his mother had written, there were great big crocodile tears in his eyes. He looked straight up at his mom and said, Mom, I sure do love you. And then he took the pen and in big red letters, he wrote, Paid in full. In full, how many are thankful this morning that because of Mary and subsequently, most importantly, because of Jesus' sacrifice, it's been, it's, been it's been paid in full? It's been paid in full. Stand with
1: Well, um, there's just a couple things that we would like to pray for you guys for. Um, first off, if you have been feeling um, like you missed the mark, maybe that you haven't been um, completely submitted to God's will as a mom. Um, I'd like to pray for you for that. And the second thing is if you feel like you are failing your kids, that you're going to ruin them somehow, that the enemy is lying to you, that you have messed up and there's no way to come back from that. Um, I would also like to pray for that. Um, so if you, if you feel that today, just, um, encourage you, maybe raise your hands or, um, just hold your hands out in receiving. Um, Father God, I thank you that your grace is so big that you love us so much. God, I just thank you that if there are things that need to be um, resituated or things that need to be shifted in our hearts as moms and, and parents, that you would begin to change that in us, God. Show us um, what we need to change in our hearts, God. Give us that willing spirit, that servant's heart, God, in regards to our kids and our families. And God, I also pray against the lie that we have to be perfect, that if we make a mistake, we're gonna ruin our children. I just break that off right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient and you equip us for the work that you have called us to, Jesus. So I just thank you now that those lies break off and that your truth would permeate our minds, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, God.
2: Are there heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning? I'd like to, like to ask you a few questions myself. I'd like to ask you this morning to think about eternity. I know there are There are two emotions in here as we close this this morning and pray to these. The first one is, if you're here today, I don't don't care whether you're you're a mom, you're a dad, male, female, it doesn't matter this morning. What what matters is that you call out on the name of the Lord. It says you have to call out on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. This morning, if you're here and you would say, Pastor Jim, I... I've heard everything that you've said and, and everything that was taught about Mary and her calling. But to be honest with you, the most important thing that I could ever do is just invite Jesus Christ to be, to be Lord of my life. And if that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand wherever you might be in this room today or watching. Just raise your hand, anybody. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you. I want to do two things in closing today. I want to pray for those of you that just raised your hand. And I want to pray for this too. If there is a mother or a grandmother in this room and you have unsaved kids or unsaved grandkids, and you want to see them find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand boldly right now. Don't be ashamed. Just raise it straight up. I want to pray for my kids today. I want to pray for my children today. Just raise it up and leave it up if you don't mind. Just raise it up and leave it up. If someone has their even if it's your mama, if someone has their hand up around you, I just want you to put, put your arm around them right now. Put your arm around them right now. Put your arm around them right now. We're gonna pray today. We're gonna pray for a miracle. We're gonna pray for hope. We're gonna pray we're gonna pray for an encounter with a holy God. This morning, if you raised your hand for salvation, I want you just to pray for yourself. I want you to say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Change me, make me, mold me, forgive me. I want to serve you forever. This morning in this closing prayer, I want to pray for every single person in this room that has unsaved kids. Maybe maybe you're not a mom. Maybe you're a dad. You need to pray for your kids this morning too. Matter of fact, if you're standing next to your wife or you're standing next to your mom, I just want you to reach out and grab hands with them right now. You're going to agree today for your family. Maybe all your kids are little and, and they're still in your home. You need to pray for salvation to come to your home, for good decisions to come to your home. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this amazing Mother's Day. Father, first and foremost, we honor every mom in this room again in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for their heart. I thank you for their sacrifice. Lord, I thank you for for all their their unforeseen giving that so often gets overlooked. Father, may we not overlook our moms today. Lord, I just ask right now that you'll reach down and you will save you will save kids and grandkids like you never have before. Father, we pray for the prodigals to come home in Jesus' name. Father, those that know to do right and maybe they're choosing not to do it father we pray for a breakthrough right now and we pray for your salvation and your hope lord for you to do something deep within them that will change them from their very core in jesus name we pray father i ask right now that you reach down and touch every mom in this room father i pray i pray right now that you will give the mothers in this room the desire of their heart and i know that desire is that none of their kids should perish but they should find repentance and find Jesus. Lord, I pray that today. I pray for every mother. I pray for every grandmother. I pray for every great grandmother and great, great grandmother here. Father, open the windows of heaven and bless us today. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for this amazing Mother's Day. In Jesus' name. And everyone said,
0: amen. Give your mommy a hug or your wife a hug. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit refugecity.church for more information on how you can become a part of that team. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can take a screenshot and share it on your social stories, and make sure to tag us at Refuge City Church. Thanks for listening.